Uh, yeah, I should be back now. Yeah, there we go. Hey. <laughs> My camera is retarded. I don't even know what's going on with. So it's your camera that's messing everything up. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, it, it did that once before, and I was able to like kind of shut things down. And but it's not doing it at all now, so. I won't be able to see everyone's faces as they react to my comical jokes. So there's that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it's just recording to the cloud. Gotcha. You on your All right. phone? <laughs> yeah, I'm just on my phone. Sorry. That's okay. Anyway, we're starting super late. Anyway. So the like random questions and things and all of that stuff, do we want to just do that at the end? Um, I want to respect everyone's time um, as far as like diving into the material here. Um, anybody opposed to just putting that kind of like housekeeping and retreat and all that kind of stuff off to the end or do you want to like discuss it now? The end's fine for me. Okay. That's fine. Yep. Okay. So yeah, let's go ahead and, and dive into um, uh, the talks and then we'll uh, do all that other fun stuff afterward. <laughs> Sorry for all the weirdness. Anyway, um, let's go with Tracy since you're the first one on my screen here. Would you say that opening prayer for us? Sure. Our kind Heavenly Father, we're very thankful to be here tonight to discuss uh, talks from President Nelson, and we ask that the Spirit will be with us tonight as we're giving our perspectives and that we may be able to find our own little highlights that resonate with us. Please watch over us and keep us safe, and we say this in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Nancy. Yes. Is Scott you? What? Is Scott there with you? <laughs> with you? He's always there. I'm just kidding. Yeah, way get back on the end of the table. So, okay. <laughs> I'm like a bad penny. I'm hard to get rid of. <laughs> Scott. Yeah, for the first like few uh, Zoom times or whatever, I just didn't even realize, but. I seen him once or whatever. I was like, huh, it must be her husband in the background or something. And then all of a sudden he started chiming in and feeling comfortable and stuff. I'm like, oh, he's just always there. I love it. <laughs> he's been there all along. He's going to smack you, Scott. She's the eye candy part, so you ain't no good no <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> all right. So diving in. <laughs> yeah. um diving in let's start with which one Let, let's actually do the opening remarks because they they tie right into the becoming latter or exemplary latter-day saints so opening remarks chapter 11 of the book uh, 37 um we have just kind of the introduction uh, for the home-centered church, and then uh, becoming Latter uh, exemplary Latter-day Saints, just as kind of like this bookend to uh, drive all of the, the 
many changes home and, and tie it all together. So what, what changed for you and how looking back on this talk, has it opened your, your mind to the fact of how prophetic this was at the time uh, to help change the church into a home-centered instead of church-centered um, structure, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of convoluted. But anyway, like, what, what impact has that been for you? Oh, for me, I began to study so much more. Before, I was just relying on my gospel doctrine teachers to teach me up. I wasn't really even studying. I was going expecting to be fed. And now, like, I study nonstop. It has massively changed my life. Mm -hmm. Massively. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so interesting. Like this is the last part of 2000 or 2018. Mm -hmm. And then what hits around the world in 2019, the end part is COVID. And it's not very far into 2020 where we're shut down from going to church. Right. And and so here we have this pattern. We we know what we're doing, and we just kind of flow into this. It was pretty easy. I huh? think it's very prophetic. I think mm -hmm. it, um, in 2018, you know, when they did the, announce this change, um, they announced you know the Come Follow Me program. And what did we start with? We could have started anywhere, right? Because yeah. at that time, <laughs> we were not synced up with seminary or anything. They started with the New Testament. So the New Testament is where we started to give everybody a real good foundation on Christ. And then what did we get? What did we get the next year? We got uh. the Book of Mormon, another Testament of Christ, right? And then last year, the Doctrine and Covenants. And this year, it's kind of like, okay, now we're giving you the Old Testament. It's all the hearts of you ought to have three years worth of habits built up so that you can actually get through the old testament and you know now you've got this one and honestly i, I don't know what they're planning to do next year but i, I know i'm I, super excited to find out i think something new fall apart <laughs> with <laughs> everything going on in the world right now i i, I just it's probably triumphs of zion don't you think yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of people tease or whatever. They're like, well, I mean, it's just set up perfect. I mean, he's just been translating plates all this time. And then, boom, next year, we, we have a whole new record. <laughs> I was like, um, I would love that. But I doubt that that's exactly many, where it is. How many people were ready for that, though? I mean, Yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're still in a generalized... <laughs> They're not, you know, I, I watched the, there was a California devotional today. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and I, I got the link and I watched it. I'm one of those rebels, right? <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's just interesting. You know, he said to the California saints, stay where you're at. He said to the European saints, stay where you're at. 
it, it was it wasn't hey everybody come to Utah which a lot of the Californians are doing right um, he's telling people stay where you are I think honestly no matter where you live in the world is going to be dangerous coming up so it's not like you're going to get to go someplace that's not <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I I I I was talking to somebody else about this um, this come follow me progression, right? The the New Testament Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenants Old Testament is just perfect. It just seemed like it was perfectly planned, perfectly ready for us. Um, and then you know, in this talk in verse ten, we are each responsible for our individual spiritual growth. He laid it right out there. He told us that right there, parents have the primary responsibility to teach the doctrine to their children, you know, kind of like stop putting it on the church. And it took a year. It was a mm -hmm. little more than, a, you know, a little more than a year, you know, a whole year of come follow me. We had under our belts before everything shut down and people found out really how responsible they were. Um, but it, it is just so prophetic. Yeah. So absolutely perfect. I loved verse seven there. Oh, sorry, go for it. Oh, you're probably going to say the same thing I was, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, the very last part of verse seven there, yeah. Yeah. where um, she's, uh, he's asking somebody uh, about this or whatever, and she replied, I like it. My husband uses better language at home now, knowing that he will bless the sacrament here each Sunday. And I'm like, yep, that's prophetic. <laughs> because we were turning all of our homes, we were remodeling all of them into sanctuaries of faith. And, and part of that was this home-centered church preparatory to actually having the sanctuaries of faith places where the sacrament was going to be um, blessed or partaken of each Sunday. Uh, I was just like, hmm, interesting. Do you think that carried over in the church in general? during 2020 and 2021 <laughs> yeah uh, the in a generalized sense <laughs> we have some some different applications right we have the uh things being experienced very very differently even within like our own like community here like our um group that, that studies here on wednesday all of the people said that they um experienced it very differently me and my family we had a uh, priesthood in the home and we, we carried it forth faithfully each week one of the ladies is, is single and she's like i i got it once like that whole time like i i had to beg my my ministering brothers to, to come bring it to me and they just wouldn't um like it was that once a month kind of thing but even then they were still a little lacking and it's like we're living here in this small little community like you'd think that that's the least that we could do but you know what anyway, I did? Mm -hmm. um, my ministering brother, I would just drive to his house. <laughs> He'd open mm -hmm. his door through the screen, blah, blah, blah. I had my bread and my water right there. And then I, I did all the work. He just had to open his door, give it to me. And if he wouldn't, I had three others because they're like, oh, you just need it once a month. I had three others lined up. So each week I could go to a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the bishop he was kind of poo-pooing me and i said president nelson said if i need sacrament i can have the sacrament because he said that in a talk 
remember? Yeah. And so anyway, I was kind of bossy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a bishopric member. I had a, a teacher uh, or a priest. I had my 90-year-old ministering brother. And he would do it most times, but he's taking care of his really elderly wife. So I didn't want to make him do it too much, you know. He was awesome. Anyway, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's great that you did that, Tracy. I mean, I had to. It, the, one of the things that saddened me the most about COVID was all of the things that I heard from people um, that they couldn't get priesthood holders to come and do <laughs> anything. They couldn't get them to come and do blessings or whatever because everybody <laughs> was so terrified of getting COVID and um I, it that just that just really saddened me but it let us know where we were right mm -hmm. yep, yeah and exactly. it, it forced me to figure out my priesthood you know power that I hold and I figured that mm -hmm. all out so yeah but I oh I've got a trail of people that I've got figured out, you know, other people, because I, I can see we're going to end up doing this a lot. Okay, we're all meeting down by the river. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I liked verse eight there uh, toward the bottom of the page. It says, uh, and this is kind of one of his kind of catchphrases. He uses it with different promises and stuff, but uh, to survive spiritually, we need counter strategies and proactive plans which are are very much they take a lot of work right i mean it's not just going to be easy things that we're like oh i think we might be able to do this or that but counter strategies which means that we're at war and so we're going to need to to plan these out be proactive about our plans and practice them carry them out i mean if that was anything i mean we're out of the the super hard restrictions that, that we were in at that time that we were talking about there with the sacrament, but that was a practice, a, a proactive plan, like, okay, and now we need to reevaluate, did it work, what needs to change, and like Tracy said, do we need to go down by the river next time, like, what, what's going to happen in the future, what are our plans, because we, to survive spiritually, we need the strategies, because Satan definitely has his stratagem, and are we going to be able to, to survive? I mean, this, this is a matter of life and death. <laughs> and, and that's what kind of hit me as I was reading this, this talk again this time. I think I find it interesting um, that because like we were just saying, Cameron, I mean, it, it, that last sentence, it what comes as a result of the adversary is increasing his attacks. And, mm -hmm. but people are very uncomfortable talking about Satan and, yeah. Um, I'm a gospel doctrine teacher and a few weeks ago I um we talked about that and we talked about we have the plan of salvation and uh Satan has his plan of temptation and it's mapped out and it's very methodical and I'm sure he has his specialists and his you know navy seals you know <laughs> on his side yeah. and his specialists and different temptings and um but I had one sister raise her hand and say, well, I don't understand why we have to talk about this. Why well, just, we don't want to give any, you know, credit to Satan. I'm like, no. 
and you know, she's like a temple worker and she spends a lot of time in the temple and she's an empty nester and she has that time to really, you know, focus on spiritual things. But as we know, we're losing people, you know, leaving the gospel left and right. And that's because Satan is winning those battles. He won't win the war, but he's winning those battles. And um, in, in part, it's because we won't talk about it. And we won't, like you were saying, Cameron, like come up with counter strategies. We are in a war and he is very smart and he knows us and he remembers us and he's known us for millennia. So he knows exactly where the cracks are in our armor. And if we don't understand that and really shore those up, and be aware of what he is doing, then you know that's when we can fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- how taboo is it to talk about casting out? Like, I mean, that's just not something that you say. But I mean, I don't think I would have survived spiritually this last year, two years, without being able to to know and have the faith necessary to be able to. I mean. I've had some very strong spiritual attacks and with that power of casting out and the pattern of the temple, the, the patterns in president Nelson's conference talks here, he talks about uh, very pointed uh, counter strategies. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> why can't we talk about it? If our prophet's talking about it. Yeah. And that's what they're saying in the chat too, in the comments. Yeah, exactly. We oh. can't fight him if we can't even, you know, talk about it. Um, and for those who have gone to Education Week, has anybody ever heard the series from Rick, Dr. Rick Potts? He does a Tuesday, at least he has in past years. He's done it several times. Um, his whole Tuesday through Friday talk is about Satan. And he's a psychologist okay. that works in Utah, um, basically meeting with people who have uh, committed a crime and he's trying to determine if they're um, able to you know, stand trial and all of that. And he has a really interesting perspective because he said that in the hundreds of people that he's interviewed and worked with that um, only probably, I think he said three or four were actually really evil. Everybody else was just making mistakes, but they were felonies. They were going to go to prison and Satan, you know, poking, you know, and doing yucky stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Leslie. What's his name? Uh, Rick Hawks, like the bird hawk, Hawks, Rick Hawks, Dr. Rick Hawks. And I'm trying to remember what his series is called. I know he's one who came up with the plan of temptation. Um, anyways, I gave part of his presentation in my lesson because we were talking about that. So anyways, it's very powerful. And part of what he showed us was like cartoon figures of like the cartoon, like the ball, you know, the red and the horns and the pitchfork and all that. And then Santa Claus. Superman and he said which one of these is not real <laughs> you know and you know because we because what there's a, there was actually a movie quote and there was actually um Tebow the football player said the same thing that the greatest feat a Satan can accomplish is for everybody to think he doesn't exist mm-hmm. and and anyway but yeah and if if he if Dr. Hawks ever goes back to do it I highly Highly recommend his class. It's very interesting, very eye-opening. Oh, look, El found his thing. And I don't know how much will be on there. Um, Yeah, that's his website, but it looked like they had some BYU stuff. I didn't click on it. I didn't look for BYU Education Week, but I just wanted to find it because I knew I'd forget it if I didn't look it right up. I'm I'm glad you did. Thank you. 
And I, yeah. I, I have a, a couple links that he has, he has like a blog and this is, you know, from a few to several years ago, but he kind of gives the lesson in a snapshot of like, I just talked about like the cartoon figures and kind of explains it and stuff. So anybody wants to let me know and I can send it to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, this conversation, because a couple of years ago, my daughter saw a man in our basement, like a, in her room. And it scared her. And so she came and talked to me. And my husband works out of town. So I can identify a lot with Tracy. Like trying to get the sacrament was not easy. But um, so I didn't know what to do. So I called my ministry um, guy and asked him to come over. And I just said, she saw a man in the bedroom and she's scared. And could you help us? And he said, let's not talk about it. We'll just have a prayer. And I was like, I think that's kind of like. Ah. you're just attracting if you talk about it but I felt like my daughter needed comfort like okay you know and get like I don't know I he's a really great guy but I think some of that's like is that false teaching or where did that all come from that let's not talk about it yeah if you don't talk about it it doesn't exist (laughs) yeah and it's like well what if we need comfort and we can't talk about it you know it's kind of I just wonder where all that came from I think Elder one gave a talk about that where he was saying he didn't want to mention him i'm not getting it right but mention mm-hmm. him any more than we need to but that 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 so yeah I, I remember that that talk or whatever because i resonated with it at the time i was like oh so i don't ever want to really talk about satan and uh, and stuff but we but that talk was very much like but let's discuss his battle plans because i think that we don't study it enough kind of a thing but he says, I, I want to focus on Christ. I don't want our general conference to be about Satan at all. And so I think it just kind of got misconstrued as in, let's just never talk about Satan versus let's don't bring him up in a solemn assembly kind of a thing, you know? Sherry do talked about him, I think, pretty much every single talk she ever gave in conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Leslie, you have your hand raised. Did you have something else you wanted to? I always forget to put it down. Thank you. I know I'm usually on top of that, but with on the phone, yeah. I forgot to. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I feel like also that um, we as women have just as much power to cast out those type of spirits as, you know, I mean, we have priesthood power too, and, and we can do that. And mm-hmm. I have many times. <laughs> I've so, kind of learned that since then because I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> so I've learned since then. That was probably like five years ago. But yeah, and but I've always been kind of intrigued with how like hush hush. But then I'm sure mm-hmm. Satan isn't hush hush about what he's gonna do with us. Like nope. I'm sure outright meetings about how they're gonna fight it. Like so anyway, yeah. I just it's interesting. You know, when I took out my endowment, it was almost, what, four years ago, five years ago. Anyway, my auntie, she's like, did you catch all that? And I'm like, what? And she said, told me what it was. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. She helped me yeah. so much. I think one of the reasons why so many people don't want to talk about it is because they have a voice in their head. It says, oh, no, you don't want to talk about that. 
you don't want to, you know, people are going to look at you weird. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be whatever. So, you know, Satan has his minions whispering into your ear and whispering into everybody's ears. Don't do it. It's kind of like when you think, oh, well, maybe I should cast out. And then it's like, oh, no, no, I'm around a lot of people or I don't want anybody to see me or, or, you know, <laughs> or, or I, I just did that yesterday. Do I have to do it again today? You know, who here has not had all those, all those things said in your ear? It's not coming mm -hmm. from us. It's coming from them. They're like, oh, no, no, you don't want to do it. The while they're going, no, 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 we want to stay. <laughs> right? Yep. Um, but they don't, they don't do no, 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 we want to stay. They are very subtle. They'll give you, they'll rationalize everything and try to make it so that you don't, um, you don't kick them out because they, they don't want to leave. Right. And it's one of those things that when you realize, when you start to hear that, you go, oh, wait a minute, what, what voice is that that I'm listening to? Now I really need to do it. Mm -hmm. right and, and yet still sometimes do we not mm -hmm. right yeah because you're afraid it's not going to work yeah you're either afraid it's not going to work or you don't want to admit that that happened to you like <laughs> i'm gonna rat out my mom <laughs> she's smiling at me um but like how many times mom did you just like ask me she like can you cast out for me and i'm like no i'm not going to cast out for you because you need to know how to identify and recognize and do it yourself or else you're just going to be leaning on a crutch this whole time. Like, yes, I can, but like, you also need to like help other people to learn it too. Um, but like her big thing was like, well, if I, if I have like evil spirits speaking in my ear, or if I'm possessed, that must mean that I sinned really bad. And you just don't want to even like own up to it or fast up to it. Or, and I'm like, no mother. So it's, I think it comes down to kind of a, a misunderstanding of, of doctrine that no they they can influence and they can speak and we don't even realize half of the stuff that that lets them in but we do have a surefire way to cast them out kind of a thing i'm typing i i clicked into before i finished typing <laughs> it's <laughs> by uh, lauren dalton who is a 70 he spoke at ensign college maybe a couple years ago he teaches um, how to distinguish between the voice of the spirit and the voice of the minions of Satan. It's an mm. amazing, amazing, amazing talk. Amazing. He shares some that. really interesting stories and um, it kind of helps you to be a little bit more confident about hearing and like Nancy was saying, like recognizing it's a minion and it kind of gives you the order that those voices will happen in um, mm -hmm. and talks about the logic. Anyway, that's what made me think of it. So yeah, it's an amazing talk. There's a, there's a whole chapter in John Pontius's book, Following the Light of Christ into His Presence, that's about that. And I know when I first read it, um, probably about four years ago, no, in 2017, when I first read it in 2017, I was like, wow, how am I ever going to keep all this straight? How am I going mm -hmm. to be able to tell, right? And um, I, I felt like I was, I needed to ponder it a bit. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just gonna have to stumble along. I've been doing this for, 50, for more than 50 years and thinking that's all just me and the voices in my head, right? And, and how many times do we feel that? But 
as I was pondering it and, and wondering about it, the Lord then presented me with um, experiences, experiences that would teach me in increments, little by little, what voice that was and, and things along those lines. And that has been very helpful to me. I mean, you can read talks, you can read books, you can do all of that, but then you, you get these until you actually know how it really works for yourself. That's a little harder, right? Um, but another thing that is, will help you with all that is if you haven't read the screw tape letters by CS Lewis, you need to read the screw tape letters. Um, it's right on. It is so good. And you'll go, Oh, that's the minions in my, you know, <laughs> get that. You'll, you'll mm -hmm. get that. Leslie's yeah, got her hand sure. up again. Now, right, yep. purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I feel like we're going in like a good, good place, but like, I might be complicating it and I will, but we've talked about it before. So I feel like it's fair game. So this we've got a proactive counter strategy. I, I think so. <laughs> so we've got the voice, you know, we've got the voice of the Lord. We have the voice of our ancestors trying to help guide us. We can have Satan's minions, but then there's, I'm a, a category of our loved ones who can be unclean spirits and they can be an influencing us. <sighs> and what I've learned is that the go-to is, is not always to cast them out because they can be coming to us for help to become freed and, um, Somebody else help me out here. <laughs> Darlene, you're, 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 you're on the right path. A lot of times they will come to us for help. And the only way that they can actually have a request made is somebody from the outside has to request in their behalf. Yeah. And that's a, yeah. That's a very important part. Uh, I've it's had, really real. I've had one of those experiences myself. Now, the other thing is, you know, we can cast out, but sometimes these experiences must be endured in order to build up a tolerance, not necessarily a tolerance, but an endurance. Uh, like uh, an individual who learns to play the guitar has to build up calluses on the tips of their fingers uh, or, or, or plays a cello or any other string instrument. They have to, they have to become uh, proficient in identifying different entities, different uh, influences, so yes, casting out is an important thing and the Lord is always going to protect you as long as you're keeping your covenant from being over uh, tempted. You know, he said he'll never let you be tempted more than you were, you're able. But sometimes we just have to recognize that the difficulties or the, the uncomfortable feelings that we're getting are necessary in order to teach us how to feel things, how to experience things, and how to uh, then, by keeping the spirit in your heart and keeping a, a prayer upon your lips, the, the, they will help you to have on-the-job training on how to deal with that. 
So that's, uh, that, that's one of those important things that we really got to take in, in consideration of, yes, we are given the power to, to expel and, and send them away, but just be aware that that may not be the best answer to deal with the particular problem. Yeah, that's exactly right, Scott. Thank you. So I've, I've been not as um, anxious to do that until I know for certain um, what's going on. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so kind of given that specific principle right there, with this of uh, uh, creating a home-centered church with sanctuaries of faith and, you know, we're going to be doing come follow me, etc. in here. But isn't that so interesting? Because those things aren't taught over the pulpit. They're not going to be a generalized topic, right? But they are taught in the home as we sanctify ourselves in order to receive that type of instruction and revelation. And uh, like Scott was saying there, like, it's a training ground. Like you have to learn you have to build up your calluses and you have to do that, that spiritual work necessary in order to survive spiritually. Um, anyway, I, I, such an important principle. And sometimes we want to like shout it from the rooftops too, but at the same time, it's like, okay, church is, is a different area. And here is, it needs to be in the home in the patriarchal order and, um, taught in, in safe spaces kind of thing too. It's such an interesting journey, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, you, um, just, so, you just mentioned about the patriarchal order. And I think that's the difference between the old way that we used to do it, the old church-centered, home-supported, I think that was the Melchizedek priesthood. But as we go into the, uh, we, the home-centered church supported, we go into the patriarchal order there because that's the family. And that's where we, we have the full, fullness of the gospel and fullness of the priesthood. Very much so. You know, what's interesting, they say that there's uh, there's strength in number. So people go to church and they feel bolstered because they're surrounded by like-minded people. But really, the very most important part is there needs to be a whole lot of groups. There needs to be a group of large, strong individuals. Each individual is able to carry and to sustain themselves. And then when you put those three together, those two combinations together, then they are unstoppable. And unfortunately, yeah. what happens is people grab their strength from their the crowd that they hang around with, and they don't have their own individual strength. And this is what the Lord is trying to resolve. He's trying to make each one of us a very strong individual. And then once we get together as a group, then our strengths combine in a way that is more than a sum of their totals. I think this is a lot what the Lord produced or received when he, um, when Enoch put together Zion, is that the strong mm-hmm. individuals, now not every individual will, will be as strong as, the, as his neighbor, but 
by bolstering and by teaching and by love unfeigned and by compassion, then each individual can grow in strength through challenge and trials and through the support that knowing that the neighbor is just across the fence if we are needed, if they are needed, and that they don't have any hesitation to ask and they have complete faith that their neighbor uh, loves them for, for their goods and their bads and is willing to sacrifice in their behalf. And each individual neighbor feels the same thing about the guy on the other side of the fence. So that mm -hmm. is where the Zion community truly begins to blossom. And, and that's where the group is made up of strong individuals. Yeah, exactly. That, that mutual trust, mutual respect, yeah, unified Zion. I mean, it's all part of that in such a, a strong and powerful way. And so I, I loved that from this session of, of conference where it just drives that home, uh, kind of transitioning over to chapter 14, the Becoming Exemplary Latter-day Saints. I love the, uh, the promises given there in verse two. So the new home-centered church-supported integrated curriculum has the potential to unleash the power of families. And, you know, like a deep study on that yields a lot of fruit. That power of families is huge. As each family follows through conscientiously and carefully to transform their home into a sanctuary of faith, I promise that as you diligently work to remodel your home into a center of gospel learning over time, your Sabbath days will truly be a delight. Your children will be excited to learn and to live the Savior's teachings, and the influence of the adversary in your life and in your home will decrease. Changes in your family will be dramatic and sustaining. And so I find that very interesting because when it first rolled out, everybody had, you know, different experiences with it. Uh, one of my good friends, she's like, I hate Come Follow Me so much. It, like, tears our family apart. Nobody wants to study with me. I feel like I'm just doing all of the legwork and all this kind of stuff. Like she's like, this was like the worst thing ever. <laughs> she's like, I want to believe it. I want to, to experience that, that high holy thing, but I'm not experiencing it. She's like, I don't think that any of those blessings really apply. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have such a different experience. But at the same time, you have to recognize that that Satan is working in various different ways to thwart this. I mean, the prophet just came out and just like laid it all out on the line and gave some very prophetic things. And that, I mean, it's actually a testament that she's on the right track, right? Because if the adversary is working against you, that's how you kind of know that, that you're doing good things or else he wouldn't be fighting so hard. But that's a powerful promise out of here. The influence of the adversary in your life and in your home will decrease. And they'll be dramatic and sustaining as you proceed forward. And then there's the promise that comes in the next verse. I promise mm -hmm. you that our rigorous attention to use the correct name of the Savior's church and its members will lead to increased faith and access to greater spiritual power for members of his church. So um, not only will we have all of these other things because of Come Follow Me, but when we really uh, have rigorous attention to using the proper name of the church we are promised that we will have more faith 
and more power. And that will help us in the other things. And it's one of these virtuous circles, right? Not the vicious circle that drags you down, but a virtuous circle that, that lifts you up. Yes, exactly. It's interesting how they go so much hand in hand, you know, going back and trying to reflect on all of the changes that have been made. I often get like the, the timeline wrong. And before studying this again, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that these were like back to back, like same conference or whatever, you know, and man, you know, verse two and three right there are this powerhouse um, one-two punch, right? That, that bring the power and, and allow that uh, dramatic and sustaining effect to, to be experienced in our lives. Um, I also think in, in seven, he pleads with us, he urges us and he promises us, right? Mm-hmm. So he pleads with us to look at how we spend our time he urges us to make an appointment regularly with the Lord. And then he promises us that the Lord will bring the miracles, right? As yeah. we make the sacrifices, we have to do something because the Lord loves effort. Well, that's in a different talk, but the Lord loves <laughs> effort. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I think that is just really good because again, at the beginning of seven, the assaults of the adversary are increasing exponentially. How many times does he have to say that? He talked yeah. about it in verse two. He talked about it in the other talk we just talked about. Man, he is just, he's just diving into that. Um, but d- did anybody look at the footnotes on this talk? Anybody read them? Yeah, what do we got here? Footnote B. Did you say B as in boy? Boy. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are awesome ones. So um, I I had quite a bit, like an aha moment come to me with all this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about the temple blessings and the sacred temple rites are ancient. He says, to me, that antiquity is thrilling and another evidence of their authenticity. And then it has letter B. And I'm like, okay, what is that? Exodus 28, 29, and Leviticus 8. Well, I went and read those. I might have been a little sleepy when I read them, but I read I had I read them and highlighted them. I got lots of color there. So Exodus 28 describes the priest's clothing, and 29 describes the physical rituals and offerings. And you know, I was going through all of these all of these things and um, going through the different offerings and, and thinking about how they ended up, right? You know, at, at Christ time and and even later, you know, the, the Jews have all these offerings. They do all these things. The, the, the law of Moses has all this. And um, a few things, a few things came to me, you know, the, the Israelites, we had Abraham, we had Isaac, we had Jacob. They had all made covenants directly with the Lord. But then Jacob's children, and they all had to go to Egypt. But they were in Egypt for so long, they got corrupted. They got corrupted by the culture of Egypt, right? Um, Until the point where the Israelites only knew the culture of Egypt. 
they didn't know what they were missing. They didn't know what Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had done. They, they thought they knew, but they really didn't. So that when Moses pulled them out and, and, and got them out and he went up to the mountain, he was going to bring them down. Remember, he was going to bring them down everything. Let me give you everything. And what did they do? They went back to the <laughs> idols in Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah. they didn't know how to receive it. They didn't know. Um, they didn't, they had no frame of reference for that. So they went back to the idolatries of the Egyptian culture. So the Lord gave them what they would receive. A law of physical observances, a.k.a. policies and procedures. And even then, instead of looking toward Christ with these, because they all point to Christ, right? They focused on the policies, procedures, rituals, whatever you want to call those, the outward things, missing the entire point. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take Israelites and superimpose over that members of the church. And the members of the church have been corrupted by the culture of, oh, what is Egypt a code name for? (laughs) Right? Okay, so the members of the church have been corrupted in many ways by Babylon. And the Lord has tried to give us higher information. He even for a time in COVID, took us out of Babylon, made us worship at home. He took away all of those idolatries, right? Sports, activities, all these extra things that were taking all of our attention and taking people's um, focus away from where they needed to be. And he just wiped them all away because everybody was stuck in their house. And so... Um, they started, they were like the, the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And then the prophet comes along and he says, I've got this great stuff to give you. I need you to study. And we'll get to that in some of, you know, his 2020 and 2021 talks. And, you know, I've got these great things. Don't be lazy learners and lax disciples. Let's, you know, take do the effort, spend the time, do it now. Time is running out, right? All these things like Moses said. Mm-hmm. but things start to relax a little things start to open up a little and what do people do they go out and they get their little idols and they put them back in front of them it's their <laughs> i'm going i'm going on my four-wheeler out and the you know whatever i'm going on vacation I'm, I'm i'm going to this sports thing i want to go to this concert i want to have this thing i'm going to go to my kids activities I'm going to have all these, all these little idols are going to stand up here and they're going to take all of my time and attention. So now I don't have time. I don't have time for come follow me anymore. I don't have time to study anymore. I have all of these responsibilities I have to do. And, and we've made that we as a culture and a church have made them, you know, have made our idols more important. And, and even now, They bring out new initiatives, new policies, new programs. And what do we do? We latch on to the policies and the programs. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. 
and and they still miss they still miss the whole point they don't understand the why and this brings me to another thing you know they if they didn't have their own relationship with god they were depending on everybody else's relationship it's it's kind of like that home centered gives you your own relationship whereas the church centered is i'm just you're going to feed me right Mm -hmm. i'm relying on you so you know i had a couple questions here you know why did this happen and and how is it happening now is you know my pondering questions that as i did this this all just unfolded this overlaying and it was just so interesting how it all came from these footnotes very you know um and the footnotes are very much this is what you know this is how you're going to dress Aaron. This is how you're going to dress his sons. This is what you're going to do. This is what it's going to look like. I find it interesting that all their clothing is blue and scarlet and purple and red. It's not mm-hmm. white. <laughs> right? But we were talking about that too. You know, they were given the lesser loss and they were given the clothing that's a more celestial thing. It's more colorful and more whatever. Whereas you know, we hopefully will have the celestial things that are more pure and more, you know, white and, and things white. That's why our, our robes are white and theirs were blue and purple and red and and everything. But anyway, that was um, that was a, a real big just like brain dump that I got from those footnotes. So, yeah. I'm I'm a big I'm a big um, proponent of read those footnotes. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. Like as we study um, Isaiah, what's his code name for the United States? Egypt. It's Egypt, and it fits everything you just said there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of, uh, one thing that was kind of interesting to me uh, reading through this talk was, look at the title, Becoming Exemplary Latter-day Saints. What about this talk goes with that title? Like, it it doesn't necessarily fit in until, like, he doesn't say that until his actual pronouncement of blessings, right? Uh, at the very end of it. So how does uh, all of the things that he talks about here actually relate to becoming exemplary Latter-day Saints? Why do we need to become exemplary Latter-day Saints? And what does that even mean? Because he definitely blesses us to become such. Um, There in in verse 12, I bless you to become exemplary Latter-day Saints. So, I mean, I think it deals a lot with what Nancy was just talking about there and and the pattern of Egypt and Israelites and, and all of this. How do we transform our homes? Because, I mean, this is still pre-COVID, right? We're all that era. And we're to be an example of how to press forward and survive spiritually that I talked about earlier. Um, There's just a lot there. Can I share a little thing that um, Mm -hmm. is not exactly what you're looking for, but I thought about it. Um, Today, he was speaking and at the California devotional, I don't think it was devotional, whatever it was. And he said, we are here to make life 
I don't know if they, this was as good as I could get without going back. Um, we are here to make life better for ourselves and for others. And <laughs> we all have lots of ideas of what that would look like depending upon uh, what we seek for and what we believe we can receive. But um, Lord's willing to meet us wherever we want to meet him. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the, the four ordination chapter 17 and how it was just like, <laughs> Tracy says it's knocking her socks off in a good way, but, um, holy cow. <laughs> so, um, we get to choose. You know, something happened to me this week that really, again, I don't know what's going on with me, but I have a lot going on. I have a sister who lost her husband. I think I told you guys a couple of weeks ago and she has dementia and she has family around and nobody wants to take care of her. And so her, her daughter, her son, they're like, they, they threw it on me. The church has to take care of her and I think the Lord's preparing me for this is going to really happen a lot where men's hearts fail them. I think this was just a wake up this week. Um, her sister came from California and she got here. She didn't want to take her back either. And I was, I was almost ready to have to go do it, but I kind of forced it on them to you guys make your decision and because they were just going to drive away and leave her on her own and she can't anyway so it's just all of this stuff being an exemplary latter-day saint loving our neighbor it's it's hitting me <laughs> real time uh she got in the car yesterday morning and went with her sister to um california but they were gonna just leave her they fought for like three or four days on who was going to take her. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Her kids were raised in the church and all that. And oh, it's scary. I'm Lord is putting really hard things in front of me and really opening my eyes really fast here in the last two weeks. And, and I asked for a blessing today and I don't think I really got one. <laughs> Because I was, I was telling him how many um, adversaries really been after me in crazy ways. And I'm just like needing help. And I still didn't get a blessing. And now I'm like kind of embarrassed to go try to find a, another one, you know. But um, I don't know. People kind of see me as the crazy lady as I try to be an example if i tell people about it they look at me like i'm nuts i don't know guys and yeah it, it's really hard and uh very much like what this uh, talk is getting at you know becoming exemplary latter-day saints and that process is pretty tricky to navigate sometimes <laughs> because of like you know sharing too much than other people are ready for and and knowing what that balance is and and all of that but 
um, the process of becoming is is huge in in this conference here, um, and realizing those blessings and promises that are issued here, and um, working through the actual implementation of that outward. Uh, once we receive it, how to actually start putting it out there and, and not be the, the crazy people or um, becoming the the opposite of, of what it's talking about here, right? Well, and I think too, Cameron, um, from your original question, I think if we're becoming exemplary Latter-day Saints, we're becoming Zion-like, right? So, mm. um, and obviously the more of us that do that, then we become a Zion people. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are just not there um, for many different reasons. Sometimes they just don't understand where they should be going and how, what they or who they should be becoming. I remember um, in a Sunday school class a long time ago that we were kind of talking about something similar to this and the teacher said, you know, what do we need to be doing? And somebody made the comment, well, you know, we definitely need to be doing a lot of things, but the most important thing is who are we becoming? And people just did not grasp it. You know, like, I heard that comment, I'm like, ding, ding, ding. And, you know, people were like, oh, I got to check this up and I got to pay my tithing and then I got to, you know, so they're more into the checklist. And then, you know, when Tracy's dealing with what she's dealing with and people that, you know, I mean, I know we've heard this in a conference talk somewhere that the root of a lot of our problems in the world right now is selfishness, right? So we don't want to take care of people because we're selfish. We don't want to interrupt our life and our schedule and have a hardship. And we don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. A lot of it, not all, but a lot of it is due to selfishness. And that's, you know, just a, a symptom of, you know, what Nancy was saying earlier, just, you know, in the church, you know, Babylon in the church. And unfortunately, you know, people not understanding, again, who they're supposed to be becoming and kind of missing that boat. So the best I think we can do is because we're going to have hard hardships like Tracy when we all have them and the hardships like they suck. <laughs> They're hard. They're <laughs> yeah. hard. They feel yucky. They feel yucky. Right. Um, there's but unfortunately, there's no way around it. And like we studied in our um, Isaiah book, you know, we have to descend and have those hardships so that we can further ascend. So it doesn't necessarily help us in that moment. But at least we know that there is an ultimate purpose in becoming. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also a primary worker too. And so my little kids today, my little kids like got the Relief Society president's kid in there, the Elders Quorum president's kid in there, and they have no clue what I'm talking about. So I'm scared for <laughs> what's happening you know, all around me. We, we taught primary, I, I taught primary in um, 2019, you know, the first year of Come Follow Me, and, and I had um, seven-year-olds, so they were, they were turning seven, so they were six turning seven during the year I had them, and, um, and I had them all year long, and it was so interesting to me how many of them had no idea what we were covering because their families were not doing come follow me. Mm -hmm. I had one kid out of eight whose family was doing come follow me. Yeah. And, and, and these are kids who the next year were going to get baptized. 
right? And I was just so stunned when I realized because, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, I know your family and your yeah. family and, and these are the leaders of the world right. and they're not doing this stuff. Um, but you know what I do? What? I'm also a word missionary. So um, I meet with the missionaries all the time. And so I'm like, okay, this one, this one, this one's gonna supposed to be baptized. And I sick the missionaries on them before I start nagging them. So they, they soften it. But anyway, I got three of them baptized this last month. So I've got one more and she's a selected mute kiddo and she's about to turn nine. And I'm like, ah, if they don't get her baptized, it's going to be so hard to teach her. She has all these little behaviors and stuff and she's going to have to agree to being baptized. If you wait too long, then your kiddo has to have missionary lessons. Mm -hmm. And so now this week, I've got the missionaries going to see her because we only have till March 20th. Anyway, it's, I feel like I'm in this war to <laughs> battle these parents to get things done. I don't know, guys, it's tough. And, and, and why don't they want to do it? I don't know. Laziness, but, they're just, I don't know. Check it out. You guys. Um, what if we pray for all of our each other's wards and people that we know i know prayer works so we don't we can we can we can do something about this and help them we can ask for angels to testify to them we can ask for them to have experiences so that they will um they will want to change and they will get testimonies of it I like that, Leslie, because I, I was kind of thinking, awesome. I'm like, okay, this, where we all see this going on around us, like, what can we do? Like, so thank you for saying that. Oh, and it's Fast what, Sunday what next week. Let's mm -hmm. fast and pray. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love to do it for that. I started doing that a couple months ago for my ward because I thought, you know, you can find fault with people, but it's better to pray that they have experiences that'll change their hearts and, and minds. And exactly. That's what well, we're. And we're going to yeah. need each other, right? I mean, exactly. Worst, we're going to need yeah. each other, literally, like to, you know. Survive. Yeah, and the prophet said that. So if we can't get all everybody on the same page to help each other, and I keep telling that to people in my ward, we're not supposed to be independent or codependent. We're supposed to be interdependent where we help each other. Yep. And so many people are dependent on other people or they're totally independent. I don't need anybody else. I'm fine. I can do it all myself. You don't need to come help me. Or they're so needy that they're constantly calling on the ward to help them because they can't help themselves. And we're supposed to get to a point where, you know, we're self-reliant between us and the Lord and that we can help ourselves through the Lord. And then we become a hand for him to help others. We've become so self-reliant and relying on the spirit that we can help other people and get other people to that level too. And I think that's how we become a Zion people. Yeah, I love that. Well, that goes back to being exemplary, exemplary Latter-day Saints. Nobody else is gonna know where to but the Lord knows. Mm -hmm. 
And as it says at the end of verse seven, um, that the Lord will bring the miracles as we make the sacrifices, not we, just in temple worship, but in everything. As we make the sacrifices, the Lord will make the things happen. You know, so if if we pray for hearts to be softened, you mm -hmm. know, and and for people to to know, and 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 to uh, have those experiences. Can I, I add more? All more that and. And then in addition to having those experiences and everything, but maybe even praying too that just that they have the desire to become closer to the Savior, just to start with, right? Just that they have a desire and an understanding that they need to become and make good positive changes. Leslie, you raised your hand again. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, I wanted to add one more thing. Um, it was, it was a big week for me and my ancestors and clearing out junk from those that have passed away. And, um, one of the things that I learned is that I have to be a clear conduit so that, um, so things can get more unstuck. And so I, was told that I need, I need to think and feel differently about people and maybe um, especially people that I don't believe maybe meriting um, my good opinion on them. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but um, you know, people, a family that have really injured other, other family members and just didn't necessarily live their lives on earth in an exemplary way, but yet um, we're, we're not supposed to condemn or not judge, even though we may see things that are um, condemning worthy. And so as we are going, you know, because it can be frustrating, like, Sometimes we can seek to understand. And then once we understand through the help of the Lord, then maybe our empathy is able to percolate to the top. And then our resentment or our dislike or whatever that uncomfortable feeling is diminished. And it, and it doesn't just diminish temporarily. It actually goes away completely. And then it is fulfilled. It's filled with love and compassion. Yeah. And that's where, that's how you can get rid of that. Yep. It does boil down to love, doesn't it? And I have, I did not love all of my ancestors or even people that are alive as I ought to have. And it really hampered them. So we can unknowingly, it's, it's a whole thing. People, it, you know, we're not, we don't talk about it, but we can harm people with our thoughts and not even be realizing it. So Mm -hmm. us or them yeah what was that I think it came from like that that near-death experience we talked about it last week I think um but like just our negative stuff that goes out can actually like stick to others and, and hinder them and actually make them become what we've thought of them or whatever kind of thing and so taking all of that that I think it's necessary to recognize you know like we've talked about like identifying the the problems and and the different obstacles in our lives and our families and our wards etc 
and then taking it to that next level and and sacrificing so that we can receive the miracles and bring the miracles being uh I, the chat disappeared on me but i think l said it like the, the be the grace givers right of and that conduit like like leslie's talking about i i just love that yeah, i mentioned that in group C. yeah a friend and i are reading called great what's it called it's called grace grace works by robert malay oh my gosh it's so so good uh-huh. and it's just we have to and he explains grace really simple but and we've talked about it a lot i think a lot of times it's just our own pride our mental attitudes we get stuck in those about other people family members friends church members and i think we just have to give grace because god meets us where we are we have to meet people where they are and accept mm-hmm. them despite their faults and i think that's that's giving them grace it's learning to accept them give them charity and love where they are and um forgive them for the mistakes that they make like god forgives us and to me that's the definition of grace it's unmerited favor so you know mm-hmm. we just learn to accept people and i just bought a book that i kept checking out from the library over and over and over they thought i'm probably never going to bring it back <laughs> not an lds book but it's just it's really good and i thought i've got to get it got to find it in my stack of books here it's called the gift of Ex- oh, where is it I've got so many books, The Gift of Acceptance. And a lot of times we just don't learn to accept people where they are. We'd rather condemn or criticize or find fault with people or things or situations rather than learning to work within the limitations that we're given. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why we have opposition in all things. So we learn to work within those limitations sometimes and see how we can handle those. Yeah, yeah, I love them. Who's the author, L? Um, let me look it up here. I'm there because I've pulled out a ton of books. <laughs> it's um, uh, Daniel A. Miller. It's called "The Gifts of Acceptance: Embracing People and Things as They Are." And I wanted it because I wanted to mark it all up because it's it's kind of it goes through the Serenity Prayer. Um, accepting things that cannot be changed because a lot of times we're we make ourselves unhappy or miserable because we try to change situations or people that aren't ready to be you know we're not here to change them we're here to change ourselves not other people we can help them if they ask for help but some people don't you know they're happy where they are and we can't force them it's like you know married couples sometimes they complain about their spouse thinking, oh, I married them and I can change them. <laughs> well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's an interesting book. I haven't gotten all, I haven't read it all. That's why I bought it because I just thought it was so interesting. What's the name so, of the book again? It's called The Gift of Acceptance by Daniel A. Miller. Is it the top of my pile? Nope, that's not it yeah it's right it's on audible it's available on audible is it oh good yep good yeah like i said the library didn't think i was ever going to bring it back because i was like okay (laughs) it's just and i think that's part of learning to be humble you know just let things let god have control of things and not 
we sometimes feel like we have to take control of every situation or things. And I've had friends that have been that way. <laughs> it's, it's hard. I've been the recipient of they've been trying to control me or they can try, you know, some people are really easygoing and some people are just not. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, well, I'm glad you found it on Audible. Uh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't. And it started to play automatically. I couldn't get it to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So anything else in that conference talk or in this uh, session that, that you'd like to, to talk about? I do want to, you know, circle back to our, our housekeeping things with four donations, retreat, all that kind of stuff later on, but finishing up here. Um, just um, in verse 11, feast upon the word of the Lord and apply his teachings in your personal lives. I assure you that revelation continues in the church and will continue until the purposes of God shall be accomplished. Right? Mm-hmm. And the great yeah. of us shall say the work is done. So um, revelation continues, but we have to have, um, we need to feast upon the word of the Lord and apply it in our own lives. Mm-hmm. I think we do a pretty good job of that in this group. Let me pat yeah. you all on your backs. <laughs> yep. I love it. As we're all learning and growing and everything, it's so fun to, to watch everybody's journeys in all of these different little things here. And again, on uh, verse nine there, where he's announcing the temples, if you listen to the, the audio version uh, when he's doing it, it's like, oh man, it's it's so refreshing to to have the, the reverence and, and things because man, they're, I mean, they're whooping and cheering and whistling. <laughs> it's like watching a sporting event as he's announcing the temples. Well, such know, a... But there's mm-hmm. something to be said for that, right? That... that... Mm-hmm joy that spontaneous joy um you know i took a class at education week that was reverence isn't about being quiet right Mm -hmm. yeah and and so we have this it's another one of these cultural things we have in the church that you have to be quiet in order to be reverent and if you're not quiet then you're not reverent but we have all sorts of things in the scriptures where people are shouting for joy with, you know, the Lord. And, and that's what I think when I, when I hear those, you know, they announce it and you have that spontaneous, you know, oh my gosh, kind of thing, that kind of joy. Um, I don't see that as irreverent, but you know, Mm -hmm. I think, remember, yeah. I think the biggest responses um, over the last couple of few, few years, I guess, was like Russia, a temple in Russia. Yeah. I mean, how amazing is that? And and then the Middle East, you know, in UAE, you know, it's like, that's huge. And it, you know, kind of shows where mm-hmm. we are in the, you know, last days. And, um, and then, I mean, we've got the Hosanna shout. Yeah, that's incredibly sacred, but it's not quiet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so like in, as you're listening to like verse nine, I think 
to me, there was examples of both kinds, right? Where mm. there's there's the excitement, especially um, of which one was it? I think like the Philippines one, I think was like an excitement, joy filled one, uh, the Mendoza, Argentina one and stuff. Um, the, the one that chased off the spirit for me was Washington County, Utah, when people just started laughing. They, I mean, it wasn't even like a joyful thing. It was just like, oh, haha, Utah gets another one. And I, I could just feel the spirit, like leave that, that meaning of it. And it's like, huh, I, I, exactly. Like I, I get like the, the joy and stuff, but there's there's a fine line and i think satan knows that line too right and and uses it to our, our detriment sometimes and anyway it's just kind of an interesting one uh, over on page 71 is where he uh encourages uh more of the the reverence or whatever um towards uh when he announces the the temple kind of a thing but um Anyway, it was just interesting to, to listen to some of these earlier ones. We talked about that in Group C last week, too. Um, let's see. I think we covered most of the stuff that I had underlined and wanted to, to cover. They were two pretty short things, but boy, did we have a lot to say. <laughs> yep, I love it. Love every minute of it. Um, so housekeeping things, all it, all the stuff was on my computer and I shut it down because it was being retarded. So, <laughs> um, so we have the foreordination book. Um, since it's been kind of an interesting topic as people are getting into chapter 17 on translation, etc., uh, we're going to have a uh, book club on it this Saturday at 10.30 a.m. For anyone that wants to join, I will tape it, but uh, it's not going to be like a, you know, expectation for all of the book clubs. It's just whoever wants to, to read that with us. You know, it is definitely not necessarily the meat of the gospel, but it is a, <laughs> it's a, an interesting one that might not be for everyone. And I totally understand that if you're not inclined to read it. Uh, uh, by any means but um so do we do that by the same route that we do these other book clubs to join yeah it'll all be the same link and uh, uh yeah every zoom club is, is going to be the exact same zoom so do they have any plans to reprint it they do but it's probably not going to be till next year they said so oh, okay yeah it, it's an interesting one i <laughs> I don't know. So that's why it's on Learning Zion as a private thing. If you want access to it, email me and I'll, I'll get you in there. But um, uh, so I have those read alongs and then I'm, I'm starting. Well, at least with chapter 17, since it's so huge and so many things that people wanted to go back and reference, I do have the PDF of the like I scanned it in and uh, you can can read it on there. Oh, and that's on Learning Zion. Yeah, on Learning Zion, in the book club section, there's the book okay. club on four ordinations. And I've only done that with, with chapter 17, with just 17, because it was okay. such a... Okay, excellent. Um, if you want okay. any of the other ones, I can share those with you, as long as we promise to all not share it out to, to everybody right. and stuff. I, the last thing I want to do is cause like copyright infringement and restrictions, all that kind of stuff. But like this is like such an awesome book, and they just don't have it out 
yet for anyway it's kind of an interesting predicament but anyway so who is the author uh robert j charlton i have yet to find anybody that actually knows him so it's obviously a pen name but i don't know who that is maybe it was well it's there. good it's so popular <laughs> i guess it means people are buying it and hopefully mm -hmm. yeah. reading it <laughs> <laughs> yep. when was it published last year um well i mean the first edition of it was was published but it wasn't like through any like proper channels or anything they just got like a local print shop to to print their first edition and kind mm -hmm. of try it out see if people were interested in actually doing a print run so they're making a lot of revamps a lot of changes and then they said they're going to try to do it this year but anyway the person i was talking to that that is helping edit it is saying it's most likely going to be next year. Okay, and how do we find it on the Learning Zion website? Uh -huh. So the book clubs up at the, uh, you're on a tablet, mobile, I'm guessing I'm on right my now. Phone. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that, that little menu up by the logo of Learning Zion, you click on it mm -hmm. and click on book clubs. Mm -hmm. Found it. And then um, scroll down to forward donations and you'll have to actually join it. But um, if it's not allowing you to join it, I might have to add you manually. I kind of forget how it's set up. But it's anyway, that's how you'll access enroll. it. Enroll in a course. This course is currently closed. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So I'll add you to it. Anybody else that's in, uh, encountering yeah. that, I'll need to probably add you manually. But anyway, it'll just go like lesson by lesson and each audio is split out by chapter. Some chapters are only a page, some are, are like 50 pages. So um, the audios are gonna vary wildly. Um, but yes, so those are, are private just because of the, the restrictions. I don't want, it, it's really kind of cumbersome to, to access it that way, but you know, it, it is what it is kind of for now. Um, as soon as they do come out with a book, I highly encourage everyone to, to buy it and support them in them. Cameron, did you tell mm -hmm. them that Chapter 17 is like two hours long. Yeah, it's, it's a really long one. So I think we'll mostly be discussing chapter 17 on Saturday, just because that's what everybody is like emailing me about and asking questions and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of the hubbub. But I mean, we can discuss anything up until then. But if you're wanting to attend on Saturday, I would highly recommend spending that two hours and at least listening to, to chapter 17, because I think that's what most people are going to be discussing um and so that being said let's see so the retreat um rsvp i mean the menu is, of this thing too <laughs> why it's the internet so fast. mother there's isn't working you just you're still talking mother yeah. you're not muted <laughs> sorry um so the retreat RSVP by tomorrow, just to get an idea if these dates are actually viable, because I've heard a lot of people, you know, we took that preliminary poll and we put it out there, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, so RSVP tomorrow, if you can make one of those two dates, it's not like set in stone, but I'll know tomorrow if those are the actual full on dates and stuff. So um, if they're not, we'll revamp we'll we'll do stuff later on uh either in the summer or or toward the fall whatever works for people uh but anyway uh, scheduling is the hardest part of, of planning the retreat so um let me know 
uh, on that schedule. If you want to make it to, uh, to one of those two dates, I don't have it right before me. It's like March 17th or the April 16th 13th. weekend, I think. Yeah. 13th. Okay. Um, if you want to do that, let me know if cost is an issue, let me know too. I've had a couple of people ask me about that. And if cost is an issue and, and we don't have to like stay at the cabin or whatever, like you can just stay at my house and, and we'll waive that, that cost there. Um, yeah, we're going to be out of state in, in March. <laughs> yeah, are a little busy. Still recovering from that cross country trip in April. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, it might not be the best. May, but <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. So those dates might not be fully viable. So uh, let me let me know tomorrow with RSVP kind of thing. And if not, we'll we'll just kind of revamp and, and play it by ear on the other. Um there was something else. Let me pull up my notes real quick. Well, Leslie, when you were having computer problems, Leslie wanted to know if you were going to record any of these things at the retreat for the people that couldn't attend. Great question. So, um, oh, and Cameron, I was yes thinking and no. <laughs> live class and Zoom for those that couldn't attend, like at the same time. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. yes. Yeah, that'd be great. So like, you know, kind of like Sisters of Liberty does, you know, where there's, there's both that's going to require a lot. Of... First of all, the cabin doesn't have internet and it doesn't have cell phone service. So there's not like, we'd have to do it here, either at the church house or at my house. And I don't know, I, I, we can definitely figure out the logistics. We'll, we'll make whatever work, but um, it, it's going to be tricky to do certain things in a dual hybrid setting like that but you know that's the last thing i want to do too is leave anyone out if they want to like watch and be a part of things um so that <laughs> it's kind of like down to the point of let's figure out where and when and then we'll kind of figure out logistics of how to involve both those that are present and those that can't make it kind of a thing um figuring out all of that that's kind of where i'm at that's not really a great answer <laughs> that's what i've got so far yeah if we weren't scattered all the all across the country it would be a whole lot easier wouldn't it just get translated and then you can just bebop over here <laughs> oh yeah and then i don't have to feed you i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite part <laughs> we wouldn't have to sleep it would just be all night long Oh my word. Can you imagine like big old, like big old bender sessions? <laughs> we all just study and grow and learn and stuff. When you, you get, get to there. chapter 18 and 19 in Forward Nations, talks about that. Yeah, you got to add me to that because, you know, now I have something else I have to listen to. I'll, I'll sit and listen to you. I'll sit and listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anything else? Any other questions before we take off? Sorry, it was just, this, this was a kind of a random one. I think Satan was probably wanting us not to talk about stuff, but. One more. I've got a quick question. Yeah. Um, it's not regarding this class though. Um, Isaiah, do we study two weeks worth for next Saturday or is it just last week's? Good question. Yeah, they just kind of threw that in the, the mix there and canceled our class on us. Um, 
let's just study the one week and we'll revamp the schedule to accommodate it. And I'll email that out to everyone. Leslie. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd do it one last time. Um, can we have a, it's all on you, Cameron, I think, unless Darlene, you went to. Um, you had mentioned before about Isaiah, how you wish Abraham and Joseph Spencer or Spencer Joseph, which, which way does it go? Uh, Joseph Spencer. Okay. That you wish that they embraced some of each other's. I would like to hear the differences and what they believe and what you wish that they um, believed about each other's beliefs. Uh -huh. so like joseph spencer totally just disregards all of Abraham. like he just thinks he's fringe and that he should stay excommunicated kind of thing like it's kind of weird yeah yeah as far as Abraham, Abraham doesn't really get into much of other scholars like all scholars are just kind of bloviating kind of people or whatever and so he doesn't read commentaries. He doesn't, you know, try to go out. He just studies Isaiah and, and goes with it, uh, you know, with the one exception of uh, him with Spencer and um, Visions of Glory and, and that kind of stuff. So he did venture out on, on that one. Uh, but other than that, he just kind of disregards all scholars, doesn't want to really like go out and Bible bash with, with other scholars because he knows it. It's not going to really come of anything. So I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting setup. I, I get both angles, you know, whatever. But I just wish that we could have some good scholarly debate on topics, you know, Davidic servant, end time prophecies, traditions of men kind of thing, chiastic forms. Because like Joseph Spencer, his presentation is amazing and that's one of the ones that I kind of wanted to, to do at the retreat was talking about education week last year with with Joseph Spencer his research into the original chapter breaks of the book of Mormon that once you go back to the original chapter breaks it unleashes this huge chiastic pattern that Nephi is reshaping some of Isaiah's principles in and I would just love for Avraham to like acknowledge that and go oh hey that's interesting you know that because Abraham's always talking about um how awesome it is that people take Isaiah and run with it in whatever different ways so that we can look at it from all angles right but mm -hmm. you know whatever I would love that at class I think that would be great mm -hmm. and I, so I was listening to so I'm looking forward to that one Cameron Sorry, what was that, Nancy? And then we'll go with Becky. Oh, I, I've seen how you take notes and record things from classes. So I, <laughs> I know we'll get good information from that. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, right. we sit in class and, and how many times, who is a, Who's taken how many screenshots? Uh, oh, did you get that one? No, I got to get this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I like to preserve things so that I can remember them at a later date. <laughs> Even though we're not supposed to record Education Week or anything like that, I do for my own private journal. 
Yep. So you'll be able to do a great job at teaching us. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'll just present what he presented. But yeah, um, and then Becky had something. Oh, I was just going to say, I was listening to, um, there's like a two-hour near-death experience slash visions of glory thing that Avraham did. And he actually mm -hmm. touched base on on that saying that once the headings were put in, it messed up the chiastic structures. He touches touches on oh, that in there. So wasn't that interesting on his Q and A or whatever? Like he just railed on those footnotes and uh, chapter headings and stuff. He that sure was did. kind of funny. All right. Well. It's been fun. Sorry for all the tech glitches and stuff. I'll just try to get that figured out. I don't know what. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, I forget exactly which talk we're we're studying next week, but I'll I'll let you know for sure. Uh, you can look it up on that schedule and stuff. Since I don't have my computer up, um, but yeah, we'll see everyone next week for another fun discussion. We're doing. <laughs> have a great week, everyone. We're doing closing remarks. Oh, the closing remarks from uh, April 2019. April of 2019. Yep, that's what our group is doing. Fun. That'll be a fun one. Okay. All right. We'll see everyone later. Have a great Thank week, you. everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Oh, I'm still the host of this. Yep, looks like you get to do it. I'm still the host. There we go. Okay, folks, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> all, folks. <laughs> all right, see you all later.